Today's program was brought to you by Fiji Water and Patina Events at Brooklyn Botanic Garden, an idyllic location for weddings, corporate events, and parties of any style. Visit us at patinaevents.com. Hey, Food Radio listeners. I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie, and I'm really excited to share that we're launching a brand new show. Meet and 3 is HRN's weekly food news roundup. Tune in for a deep dive and three tasty shorts every Friday evening. It's 15 minutes, so you can listen while you wait for your pizza. This week, the fight for universal free lunch in New York City public schools isn't over yet. I'm overburdened. I'm overworked. I don't get staffed when people are out. Plus, Dana Cowan, former editor of Food & Wine magazine and host of HRN's Speaking Broadly, catches up with Valerie Lomas, the winner of the Great American Baking Show's Derailed Season 3. Discover how a Danish brewery is motivating people to get fit and hear Alison Roman speak to the highs and lows of her cookie recipe going viral. Every time I see anyone in a social setting, that's generally the first thing they ask me is, how are the cookies? Be better informed and wildly inspired by the stories and people you hear on Meet and 3. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. to Meant to be Eaten. I'm your host, Cora Lee. We've been talking a lot about uh, visual consumption this season and the unique ways in which food photographs can reveal tons about its creator and its consumer. But how about its photographer? Penny De Los Santos is a New York City-based food photographer. Found in National Geographic in Savor, Penny's work has brought her to over 30 countries. Welcome, Penny. Hi. Thank you for having me. So why do you call yourself a visual food anthropologist? Uh... Hmm, because I feel like what I do is um, I photograph people um, in a landscape in their, you know, natural environment, um, sort of quietly, you know. It's not an active, I'm an active photographer in the moment, but I'm just allowing people to be who they are. And then I make a photograph of that. So I call myself, um, I guess, a visual anthropologist because I'm just entering people's lives and documenting what I see um, for the most part. I mean, there's a little more creativity that goes into it to some degree, but for the most part, I'm documenting people's lives. And so what brought you to shoot for National Geographic in the beginning, and how has that informed what you were talking about, about capturing this or entering these people's lives? So I, the first 10 years of my career um, was trained by National Geographic. And I would get um, probably <laughs> the, some of the worst assignments. Um, but they Wait, were... define worst. Really bad ones in the sense <laughs> that, you know, go to this place and there's nothing really to photograph, but you have to make this idea visual. Hmm. And so it wasn't easy, you know. Um, so, yeah, just difficult to make a really nice image that <clears throat> tells a story and is also evocative in some way. Is hard <laughs> if, the, if it's not a very visual story. And how did that bring you to 
You're ah. shooting food. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, uh, first 10 years of my career trained by National Geographic, and then an editor from there moved to Sever Magazine, and um, he sent me, I think my first assignment was in Chile, and then the other one was in Peru. It was like a two-part assignment, and um, it was just, you know, he, he said, you know, you're a storyteller, just go and do what you, you, you do, you know, you photograph landscape and moment and light and culture go do that it's uh, except it's around food so make your photographs just it's going to be around food and I just I remember landing in in um, Peru and really just kind of uh, feeling overwhelmed with how visual food was which really surprised me Hmm. Um, and so I just took those skills that I'd honed so um, well at National Geographic and then I took it into food and I started to document it in the same way so I listened to your TED Talk online. Um, can you tell our listeners a bit about your assignment in Beirut? Was that also for National Geographic? No, that was actually a food story. Okay. Um, so I got a, a call, I think it was around this time. Um, yeah, it was around this time of year. It was during um, the spring, I think. Anyway, so it was to go to Beirut and tell this story about uh, these eight Iraqi refugees, these eight men who'd uh, fled the war in their country and have sought asylum. But in the interim, as they're waiting to get asylum, they are living in Beirut, in the bowels of Beirut, as um, third-class citizens, fourth-class citizens. I mean, they are living a very meek existence, um, and their stay there is not permanent. Um, So the story was about how these eight men gather and cook together to remember their their home country how did you find these eight men um it was an assignment this was uh this was a great assignment (laughs) um uh, this was a magazine magazine assignment for severe magazine and it was based on a book that um this woman wrote about these i think it's about these eight men i can't remember um called a taste of honey i think Hmm. yeah that's the title so she was they were doing kind of um not an excerpt but in advancement of her publication of this book, um, they ran this story, and so that was that's how I found the subject. That's how. And what was to. what was your shot? What did you want to convey to your audience? Well, it, uh, the, the 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 funny thing about this t- story is that I was you know on this food assignment and um, traveled you know um, I don't know how many time zones and I don't know how many hours to get there. Um, and as I land, um, I think it was the taxi driver that told me, or maybe, I don't know, the taxi driver told me it was Ramadan. <laughs> so basically, I, would, I was going to get really to photograph one meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was kind of um, like, this is unbelievable, you know. I mean, I'm here to, to photograph uh, the food, and they're only going to have one meal instead of a normal three-meal day. Um, but... It was actually one of the most amazing tables I've ever sat at, um, and we didn't speak a common language at all. Mm-hmm. We didn't um, understand each other, <laughs> but um, the food that they made, and the you know I'd spent maybe three or four days with them, um, and so for me to be with them, I, I was not able to be with them in public because you know I'm a Western journalist um, photographer. And, you know, these guys are, um, you know, third-class citizens. And, and for me to be associated with them would potentially 
maybe threaten their status. And so as just a precaution, I was, you know, we didn't, I was never with them in public. And if I was, I was several feet behind them. Um, so I could only really spend time with them in their apartments. Um, and so, you know, I, I just spent the whole day as they were in the apartment um, after shopping for produce and, and just watched them prep and photographed it and tried to look for those moments that really um, reveal something about a place and reveal something about a, a time or a moment and then also reveal something about um, who these people are, you know. And when you do that around people chopping onions or vegetables and sautéing stuff, it's, it's, um, it's nuanced, we'll say. Um, so the moment, though, that really was incredible was, and I sort of knew it was going to be, was when they were sitting to the meal, you know, because they sit on the floor and it was, uh, the apartment was very sparse. Um, and so finally when, you know, that was the big moment. That was my peak moment. And so I waited all day photographing many other things in, in just, just in waiting for this moment. So I'd already planned it out and kind of figured out where I needed to be to get the, the exact vantage point to really it maybe evoke a feeling of home or, you know, just, just a warm feeling. Um, so I figured I'd, I'd get up on a little ladder and I'd shoot wider and I'd see these men in a circle and they'd be maybe handing plates to each other or something. Um, and so I, I planned this whole thing. And so we're there all day, and finally the moments come, and they're starting to bring out food, and, um, and, and it's at night, okay? So the call to prayer had happened. It's Ramadan. Then they pray, and then, and then we can eat. So by the time we really sit down, it's dark. Mm -hmm. um, so we sit down. You know, they're, 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 they're like um, starting to lay out the table, and they're eating on the floor, and they take these big plastic um, they take plastic bags and they cut them in half and they, they create this like tapestry on the floor and they start to bring out the dishes and I'm up there on this ladder getting ready to, to photograph this and um, um, all of a sudden the entire room went black um, and um, so there I was you know in this dark room and I was just like I can't what what's happening um, and my translator tells me that you know it's okay the 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 power's out in the neighborhood just give it a minute, it'll come back on. Um, meanwhile, they, they're hungry, they want to eat. I can't use a flash because, you know, it's a, it's an area that's, I mean, I just can't bring any attention to, to the apartment. Um, you know, just my translator was very, uh, just really cautious for these men. And so I couldn't bring any attention by like bursting a flash in an apartment and just anything. So, here we are in the pitch black and, and, uh, I'm kind of freaking out and I'm like, that's it. This is, this is the end of my career. <laughs> um, I flew all these, all this way, all these time zones and you know, this is my moment and it's gone. Um, but then in the corner, uh, I saw these men starting to come in with candles, um, and they, um, they lit them and, and it was just, uh, so there I was up on this ladder, you know, and I'm watching this glowing light come in. And I mean, it was better than I could have anticipated or planned. It was it was romantic. It was intimate. It was um, it's just really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that said everything. Mm -hmm. I think the headline they ran was um, um, they remember home or something. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about looking for these 
moments that happen because of food, um, whether in the preparation, you said the cutting of the onions, but there's also, um, like you were talking about, just with our iPhones, right? We're so capable of just taking a photo of, you know, this like really sexy looking radish plate that we get (laughs) at the restaurant and that it feels kind of flat, you know, and it doesn't really say very much. And and now with Instagram, um, we can geotag everything and it becomes Mm -hmm. more so a part of a conversation because of how all these images are in dialogue with each other on the internet. And so how do you feel like your photos kind of converse with like Instagram photos, if that makes any sense. So what you're saying is how, how do my photos relate to like a, a food moment, let's call it a food, mm-hmm. a food moment, I guess, a, a food culture moment. How does that relate to like a plate of radishes, right? Yes. Uh, more so, um, I feel like when people go, I've said this so many times on the show, but when people go to, let's say even Roberta's, um, there is like the beasting pizza mm-hmm. and everyone takes the beasting pizza picture. Right. And, because, and it <clears throat> looks just like everyone else's on Instagram. Right. And so in that way, um, it's not really capturing a food moment. It's, it's mm. kind of stale, right? Or it's, yeah, it's, it's dead. one dimensional, yeah. Right. And so, but still... Um, Oversaturated. Yeah. <laughs> Lo-fi. Um, but still those... <laughs> Photos are deemed worthy um, posting, and everyone likes them. And and still, there's this sense of community, right? Where it's like, oh, you went to Roberta, so did I, and I've had that exact same pizza. Right. So it does capture this hmm. food moment in a way. And so, how do you think? It's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually really beautiful. Um, that was well said, and that I think that's great. I think it's a different moment, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I. You know, while those photographs, I know the photo you're talking about, you know, we've all seen that pizza photo and it's over and over and over. And I think it's, it's like anything, um, it just, to me, it feels like, what am I trying to say here? To me, it feels like after a while, it, it just stops becoming interesting. Um, and we feel like we've seen it. Right. So then we don't really pay attention, um, which is kind of how I feel about about a lot of those photos, I, mm-hmm. I stopped paying attention, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me sad, you know, <laughs> because, um, I think, I think, um, so that, so then you have to engage people in another way. You have to mm-hmm. say some clever, you know, tagline, some <laughs> awesome little legend underneath your Instagram. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, then it's a, then it's, it's different. It's just a different experience. Um, I, I do think it has, it's, it's, it's important. It's evolving us. Who knows where it's going to take us? I don't know. I do think, Photography is, uh, man, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, everybody's a photographer. Every photographer listening to this is going to, like, roll their eyes, tell me about it. It's Everybody is a photographer. I mean, I have an, an amazing iPhone here that was, I don't know how much it was, but it's the new one. It's the X. And it, it's a great camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's really good. It's as good of a camera as I, I mean, it's it's good. And it's kind of like when everybody has that. And it makes great photos. I think pretty much anybody can make a pretty nice photo on it. So, yeah. I mean, everything's oversaturated. And (laughs) we all have to think of new ways to engage people constantly. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's, you know, I guess the difference between maybe what I would do, you know, versus a pizza photo, Mm -hmm. so to speak. (laughs) So whether iPhone pictures or, you know, Canon or Nikon pictures, um, what kind of special gathering is afforded by food uniquely, do you think, um, that you've 
learned in your work? What kind of special gathering is afforded? Or connection, I guess. What kind of special connection? Oh, man. <clears throat> I think it's intimate. I think, um, I mean, I think the connection around food is, I think to share a meal with someone is really intimate. I really do. I know that sounds crazy, but it, I, it is. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I'm really spoiled. You're really spoiled. We live in a city that really does, um, like we're in a, we're in an eating out like food culture city. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike a lot of other cities. I mean, there are some great eating cities. This is one of them, you know, but they're not everywhere is a great eating city. And I feel because of that, when we sit to a meal, at least this is my life. <laughs> um, when I sit to a meal with people, it's pretty intentional. Um, and it, in, in, a, in a city with nine million people, it's an intimate moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is amazing and beautiful. And also, you know, the, the entire like pulling it back even further, you know, all of that to me, the whole story, the arc of a meal with anybody, that connection is just profound. And I think it's a beautiful thing to, to be a part of. Mm-hmm. from start to finish, like, you know, in every aspect, as a photographer and as a eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was um, posting photos of your photos on Instagram, I really was attracted to this photo um, of just, like, an open sardine can with just oh, one yeah. sardine. And, and, like, that felt so intimate, right? That's, like, something mm-hmm. that only the person who's opening the sardine can would really see and mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. you know, admire the aesthetics of it. But then, so then there's that, right, where your food photography really heightens the intimacy of this food scene but also I often feel like food photography kind of detracts from the intimacy of a meal shared with other people you know like you're having this great conversation Mm. the food comes and then the phones come out yeah well see yeah I think that's different though that to me is um I think that's just sort of um stopping a moment and Mm -hmm. capturing it for you know for indexing you know I don't you're right it's annoying and I but I'm, everybody does it now. Everybody does it. And the funny thing is, is I don't. Yeah, I was going to ask. So I don't. I don't. I right. used to. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't really like those photos anymore. <laughs> you know, I make those photos professionally as a living. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I shoot advertising. I shoot commercial stuff. Um, and I have to make those photos. And that's how I make my living. Um and so I don't want to do that when I'm about to have a meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really want to do that anymore. What tells you that you've got your shot, quote unquote? What are the markers for you? Oh, man. Honestly, and, and, and I mean this, and this is going to sound completely, oh, man, this is going to be really f- cheesy. <laughs> Go for it. Um, but, I mean, there are many things, but, but there's one thing. I mean, after you've, you know, practiced your butt off and you, you know, you pursue it with every ounce of passion that you have, it is, it is your love affair. It is your child. It is your marriage. After you've done that, you know, and after you've, um, made yourself go to at least five countries to photograph. And after you've, practiced and traveled and um, been rejected and picked yourself up 
and still persisted after you've done all that, then <laughs> I think you walk into any situation and you feel first. And you know you've made an amazing photo when you feel it in the deepest part of you. Hmm. That's how, that's what I know. So that's my kind of like experience with it. <laughs> so it's just a gut feeling, but it's also composition, color, light, moment. Moment is the most important. The other things, color, composition, light, they add, hmm. they elevate that moment. And if you can get more of those, it's, it's even better. But there's a feeling you're really trying to capture. So as a photographer, you really want to stay open to the feeling. As um, cheesy as that sounds, it's about staying open to the feeling. And P.S., I think that is life. You know, it's truly about, I mean, you can say that about any anything you're passionate about, whether it's cooking or surfing or whatever. <laughs> This is Meant to Be Eaten. I'm your host, Cora Lee. I'm speaking with Penny, a food photographer based in New York City, about feeling feelings, and we'll be right back after a short break. Patina Restaurant Group offers unparalleled service in New York's most iconic locations, including Lincoln Center, Rockefeller Center, and Macy's Herald Square. From meetings and presentations in the glass-walled atrium, to galas in the renovated Palm House, and intimate wedding showers at Yellow Magnolia Cafe, your event will be perfectly imagined and customized at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. You can also enjoy a la carte brunch and lunch at the picturesque Yellow Magnolia Cafe overlooking Lily Pool Terrace. Chef Rob Newton and Chef de Cuisine Morgan Jarrett offer warm, distinctive cuisine with a focus on local vegetables, grains, and sustainably sourced meats and fish. We're back. Uh, this is Meant to be Eaten. I'm speaking with photographer Penny De Los Santos, who's based here in New York City. Um, so we're going to backtrack a little bit. Um, what is a food landscape? You mentioned this term briefly, and what uh, does this mean to you? It's a landscape. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's geography. It's and then it's all the elements of a great photo. So it's color, composition, light, moment. So you're you're really trying to give a sense of place. Um, it's so it's about geography. If if you're in you know, if you're in a culture that that has incredible, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this from my experience. So, if you're in a culture that has um, a really strong uh, sort of street food um, scene, and and you're trying to figure out, okay, what is my landscape? What is my sense of place? That's kind of maybe where you'd anchor that hmm. pursuit. You know, you would go to the street and you'd find the street carts and. And then you would spend your days endlessly um, watching where, when the light is good and where the light is good. And then you just rotate your time constantly visiting those places until you make a photo that says where you are. Mm -hmm. So photos almost are like part travelogue, part food photo. Um, how do you or what are the different ways do you think food photographs can be or are consumed? 
You mean... Right, like, when I see a stunning photograph of a hamburger, I'm not necessarily like, ooh, that tastes really good because there's, you know, we can't taste it. But what are the different things that attract me and why, what makes, yeah, a good food, a good food, yeah, a good food photograph successful? I see, I see. Okay, it has to be appetizing, first and foremost. It has <laughs> to be appetizing. It, it should make you hungry. It really should. And so, I mean, it's the same ideas of what is a great photograph. You know, it, it, it's color, composition, and, and light. And then you've you got to know, you know, if the light's too bright, you got to think about that. Um, and then you got to think about the foreground and the background. So it's just, it, you know, an elevated food photograph is really a moment, and you can feel something because it looks so delicious. So, you know, but it's also pretty subjective. <laughs> so you got to factor that. Yeah, for our listeners, I actually found Penny's work in a food and wine uh, spread. So can you talk a bit about that spread um, and also your research in Dearborn? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a story I did. Was it March issue? Yeah, it was the one with like the drinks and... Or no, no, it was like the future of food photography. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they... Uh, Hunter Lewis, the editor-in-chief, called me and said, hey, we're doing, we're doing this special issue and I want you to... Um, photograph. Uh, I want you to do a story. I want you to pick a, pick, pitch a story, you know? So I had three really great ideas. I mean, really great ideas. So the first one was like, you know, of course it was international travel and it, um, and then the second one was um, in the United States, but you know, it was a little more ambitious, but it was, it was going to be cool. And then the third one was just a location um, that was, you know, would require flying somewhere. Um, but also, you know, that's it. It would be minimal expense. So, of course, you know, <laughs> you guessed it. Um, but I, you know, all three of those ideas are ones that I've always wanted to do. I have my bucket list photo assignments and, um, you know, I always try to I always try to pitch them. And if I'm not pitching them then I might just self-assign them and, nice. and send myself on them. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, I, for, I totally lost track of what even your question was. Dearborn. Ah, yes, thank you. Uh, so Dearborn is, um, I have a friend, I have a couple friends. Um, first friend is the food critic for Eater, uh, the national food critic for Eater. And... Um, and he was starting to photograph. He, he was starting to go there and Instagram a ton of photos. Um, and I was curious. I was like, huh, that's interesting. So there's, this, there's this, this town outside of Detroit, Dearborn, that's primarily um, a Muslim community. Uh, in fact, it's the largest Muslim community outside the Muslim world. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was like, this is, he was posting all these incredible photos and I just was like, man, this is interesting. And, you know, how did they end up, you know, outside of Detroit and what kind of food, um, what kind of food have they Americanized it? What's this about? You know? So that was, that was the story. And I pitched that to Hunter. I was like, I've always wanted to go there and, and, and uncover like the food culture there and get a sense of it. And because that's. That's, you know, that is my passion as a photographer, um, to do those stories. And it's getting harder and harder to find outlets that'll publish them. Um, so, you know, this was a chance to, to do that story finally. And, and, um, yeah, I went for, I think, I think I was there for three or four days. Um, 
yeah, and I just kind of deep dove, you know, there's a mass. I started at this mosque, massive mosque. I think it's the largest mosque in the U.S. It's massive. Um, and they have the largest commercial kitchen in the county or something. Mm. And so I was like, what? You know, so, and I found that out from another friend of mine. This is, you know, who's a writer who knew somebody that was writing uh, a book based in Dearborn. And so anyway, long story short, that's New York, right? You always get these great contacts. Anyway, um, so... Yeah, so I started at the library, and they have this, I think the library has this, let me see, see if I can get the name right, but they have, they do food tours. I mean, the library does food tours in Dearborn. Huh. So that that was curious. I was like, well, that's, okay, that's where I'm going to start. So, you know, I landed, I go straight to the Wait, library. Wait, so they meet at the library, and then they go around the city? Yes. What? Yeah. Okay, do that. Certain times of year, yeah. And, and and they do variations on the tour. I mean, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, what city does that? Brooklyn you know? Public Library. You gotta. Step I mean, up your that game. right? That'd be cool, <laughs> yeah. actually. Um, so yeah, so I went. You know, I met with them and we talked about it, and they just sort of handed me a map, and then I just I I literally just went to every possible restaurant I could, and I didn't sleep much. I just went everyone I had to scout everything because I, I didn't go to everyone but I went to like everyone that felt like it had energy you know um and I scouted like when when are there people there you know when are the moments going to happen and so I mean you just that's how I start my my search for you know photos is I just start where 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 are people eating where's where are they gathering you know I did that even when I was at National Geographic you know I mean, they'd send me on these assignments, and you, as a photographer, I mean, you learn pretty quickly, like, where people hang out is where you start, and they're always hanging out at diners, hmm. coffee shops, early in the morning, you know, so you wake up early, you go to the coffee shop, and you introduce yourself, and you talk about what you're doing, and they'll tell you who you should talk to, hmm. you know, and you just, you go from there, and it's it's curiosity, and um, it's curiosity, it's fun, you know, it's interesting, and it's a little bit of an adventure, you know? You just, you don't know what you're, you could end up making this unbelievable photograph two days later, and you could also end up completely wasting your time. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty awesome either way, you know? To be able to just kind of have that journey and tell that story and follow people's lives as they're cooking and shopping and uh, preparing something for their restaurant or for their family, you know? That's, I don't know, I just, I love that idea. I love discovering that place and cultures, you know, how they, how people connect around food. And so that's what this was. It was a, it was a, it was a deep dive into Muslim culture through the food ways in Dearborn, Michigan. Has there been a trip or an assignment where you didn't get your shot and then you've returned multiple times and you still would not get it? Um... That is a really good question. Um, yeah, there's been a few. There's been a few. And I wonder if the shot just didn't happen because, I don't know. I don't know. That, the, there's this one in Spain that I did. Um, it's this tiny village outside of Barcelona called Sils, S-I-L-S. And... Um, and these grandmothers in this little village would um, God, would would gather the whole community together, um, and they started this like they were the first people to kind of start this, I think. Yeah, 
And they would gather the whole community together and they would teach them how to make these dishes that they grew up making because they had a real fear that these cas- these Spanish, these famous Spanish casseroles would not be passed down to generations, you know, because of all this fast food and, you know, all this takeout and, and, and it was kind of around the time when the slow food movement was mm. taking off, you know, and, um, it was around that time, and I think it was in response to that. And so these grandmothers in this village started this tradition where every summer, for one meal, the entire community, every house in the community made a casserole. And they had a massive potluck. We're talking, I think it was, it was in, it was in a, um, a gymnasium, and I feel like maybe there were 800 people there. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, and... So, you know, that's the story. I spent the bulk of my time, like, going to a bunch of these home cooks as they're making their casseroles, as families are making them, you know. It's beautiful. It's, um, you know, it's the countryside outside of Barcelona, so olive trees and, you know, a lot of just gorgeous landscape, medieval, you know, cities. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful, you know. It's sort of some hills... Um, the light's foggy and almost kind of hazy, you know, um, it's almost dreamlike in a way it's, it's strange light though. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I had to photograph these women making these casseroles and it wasn't, it doesn't sound very sexy, but the story is romantic, right? (laughs) The way I'm painting the story is romantic, but just let's be honest. It's women (laughs) making casseroles in, in their kitchens. I mean, what the hell that's. Uh, that was a tough one. <laughs> but there was this moment at the culmination of this entire thing was the dinner, right? And so I figured, what's that going to be like? You know, like, what's that going to be like? And so the shot was, and I found it, and it took me a while, but it wasn't great. Um, so, of course, my story makes it sound great. <laughs> but it's this moment when all the, everybody drops off their casseroles, like, hours in advance. <laughs> and it's an overhead shot from pretty far up, but not, I couldn't get far enough Mm. of, you know, like tables loaded with, you know, dozens of casseroles, like just an entire area just covered in casseroles. I mean, and so I needed to be further back and I couldn't get further back. Mm. I mean, I don't know. It just, the, I think it said, you know, and there were all these women around them. I just, it said volume. Mm. Um, but now that I think about it, maybe that wasn't because it was so, you know, what they're doing is so um, it's so tender and it's so it's so loving. You know, they're it's just really sweet, you know, and I remember, you know, what happens as they're eating. Of course, there's all this wonderful community and cheersing and all that. But there's a big dance party. <laughs> So then I ended up getting, like, all the grandmothers, they're on the dance floor, like, going crazy. <laughs> and so I ended up getting a shot. That, and I think that's what they ran, was that photograph mm. of these grandmothers dancing. And I think the headline was Grandmothers of Sills. Mm. Yeah, that was actually a really sweet story. I love those ladies. Lumpy casseroles, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll my never God. No, make those it. Those casseroles were awesome. <laughs> they were amazing. Mm. I was... I was impressed, you know, who, who knew eggs could be, yeah, interesting. Anyway. So you were saying, um, that 
it's difficult to find outlets that want to run these more, I guess, quote unquote, pithy food stories nowadays. Yeah. Um, and why do you think that is? What do you see for the future of food media? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be challenging. It's interesting, you know. I think um, motion is like movement. I think video, I think that's what you have to move into as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everything's going to be moving. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we're, I think it's, it's a really interesting time. I think it's a super exciting time. It's changing very fast. It's crazy to think that, right? Mm-hmm. So you were saying with the, the casserole shot, you weren't able to get far back enough. And do you think ever that it's a matter of medium? Like, were, would you ever be like, oh, maybe, you if know. If I had a drone. Right. <laughs> or if I had a drone or if I, like, you know, could make a video of this instead of a, a wide angle shot. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is that I think it's all going to go to motion mm-hmm. and video. Um, maybe not all of it, but I think a large percentage of it. Um, I mean, I see that with in my work alone you know I have clients that are like oh can you can you do still photographs and also Mm -hmm. can you make a video at the same time (laughs) (laughs) just take the same photo a couple times and move it really quickly in a slideshow like oh it's a video yeah so um how is this influencing your work are you moving into movies yeah 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 yeah. I know I've I've for the last handful of years I've started doing video um, I, I'm directing and I hire like other shooters to like document. Um, yeah, no, I've done that commercially. I've done it a little personally. Um, and, and I in fact am, I think you and I were just talking about this. Um, I'm in the, the development stage of, um, directing and producing a, a food show. What's it about? Ah, it's about a photographer being on assignment in room, in food culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about what we've just been talking about. What are the kind of so it's so it's marrying photography, right? So that's the reason I'm entering people's lives because I'm there to photograph. I'm there for a photo story. Um, so you're entering through photography. So right there, everybody. I mean, everybody's a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's that audience. Um, it's about food. It's about capturing food, but it's also about sense of place. It's about culture. It's about moment. It's about light. So it's, it's what it's this conversation you and I've been having basically, but in a three to five minute pilot video, um, to, yeah, I think it'll be, uh, intimate. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be romantic. I also think it'll be really casual and, and it may be the grandmothers of Sills, or it may be, you know, eight men in Beirut, you know, having a beautiful meal, breaking their fast, you know. Um, yeah, I think it'll be really special. And I think it's, I just feel like right now, you know, it's about really, um, it's about diverse voices and doing that more. And you know, it's a little weird to be like, hey, it's going to be me. I'm going to be on assignment. You're going to be watching me. And I feel a little weird about that. But then I'm like, you know, it's just what I know. And I'm just going to start there. I'm not going to say like, that's going to be my career. But that's just where I'm going to start, you know. And like every great idea, it's where you have to start. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's see where it takes me. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited about it. 
I think it'll be really interesting creatively, you know, and I think it will take me to, I have no idea, but like, you know, I just, I don't think I'd live any other way. It's also going to be a good way to kind of like take vengeance and all those shots that got away, you know, like maybe they'll come <laughs> alive in a video medium. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that's, I love that idea. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. This has been Meant to be Eaten. I'm your host, Coralie. Thank you so much for joining me today, Penny. Oh, my God. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.